You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 68. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Uh, today's episode is going to be another solo episode. It's going to be more of a Q&A episode of the most recent Q&As or cues that I've gotten in the last couple weeks or so. Um, I haven't done one of these episodes in a really long time. And I've been talking a lot about business and strength, uh, which are huge parts of me and my brand and everything. But when it comes down to it, this podcast and my brand and everything that I do really comes down to food, nutrition, the way we deal with food, the way we think about food, how much mental space food is taking in your life. So I wanted to dedicate an episode to that, and I wanted to talk about intuitive eating specifically when it comes to being on a protocol. So let's say that you have to go on the autoimmune paleo diet or a Whole30 or an elimination diet in order to heal. How can we be quote-unquote intuitive and take more of an intuitive eating approach as it comes to that when we're on a specific protocol that's going to make us feel better. So I've been getting lots of questions about that. I've been getting questions about binging as well and sort of how to end that behavior, how to sort of, I don't even want to say deal with it because it's really not something to be dealt with. That feels a little bit too um, like almost like hostile to me, we need to look at the binging behavior and we need to dive into it. And it can be a little bit scary, but that is okay. I'm going to walk you through sort of my process for binging and how to not make it an appealing behavior. And that's really what it comes down to. Because for the last, I binged my entire life. I binged and purged for many years. Um, and I have not binged in probably five or four years now, and that's astounding to me. I literally thought it was a life sentence, and I promise that if you're here and if you're listening, I don't know where you are right now. If you guys are listening, can you tag me on social media and tell me what you're doing as you're listening? I would love to hear about that. I'm always like, who's going to listen? And I know there's a bunch of you listening, but I would love to have a little bit of the specifics about it and exactly what you're doing. Um, I'm also going to talk a little bit about tracking and should you track and is it something that everybody should do? And 
I want to talk a little bit about caloric maintenance and metabolism and sort of what those are. I've been getting some questions about that. I'm just going to go through them pretty quickly. Um, first, I wanted to give a little bit of a primer on mindset. So if you guys do not follow uh, Jason Phillips, uh, he is um, now he's like only doing business, but he has a nutrition company called the Nutritional Coaching Institute. And he basically trains coaches uh, for how to do nutritional protocols for their clients online. And he does business stuff. He has a mastermind. But I've been listening to his podcast and he has these podcasts where he does, I guess, just sort of like off the cuff. I don't want to say improv because it's not comedy, but sort of just like off the cuff stuff real, raw, authentic conversations, and they have totally been like expanding me. The podcast is called All In. If you just search All In with Jason Phillips, I'll I'll link it in the show notes. But listening to him has sort of really changed my mindset again. And I feel like with, and I'm going to tell you exactly why right now, but I feel like with a lot of the stuff out there right now with intuitive eating and um, self-love and all of these things, like which you guys know that I believe in, I feel like sometimes there is sort of like a flowery attitude about it. And that used to appeal to me of like, you know, don't really take, like take action if you want and maybe only do things when you feel like it, sort of like a loosey-goosey attitude about it. And I was there for a really long time and then always wondered why I never got the results that I wanted, both in my body and then also like around my mindset. Like why wasn't anything changing in my life? And when it comes to changing your relationship with food, it's not like you're like a diet, a protocol, none of that stuff is going to solve that because a food issue is not, has nothing to do with food. So many times, and you guys, I'm talking about this from a perspective of somebody who had eating disorders, who struggled with food for her whole life. I'm talking like over two decades of straight up struggle and hatred towards myself, uh, pure self-loathing, terrible relationships, terrible body image, damage to my body and my brain intentionally over and over and over, literally did not give a shit about myself or my well-being or my worth. And I'm just being 100% real with you about this because that is honestly how I felt. I didn't give a shit if like what I was putting into my body was good or bad. If it tasted good, that's all that mattered. If I wanted to eat something, if I would, you know, I would binge on it because all that mattered to me was taste and eating and like literally that was my only pleasure in life was eating so it's like who cares if my body feels like crap like this is all I have like you you can't take this away from me and to now like sometimes I talk to Derek about how Derek is my fiance for those of you who don't know sometimes I talk to him about how I used to be and how I used to drink a ton like the other day he was on Instagram and he was scrolling and you know, my old drunken nickname was The Flash, like in college. Uh, some of my friends still call me that. Don't ask me why. <laughs> That's my nickname. Uh, it could be because my name is Ashley, especially if my father's listening to this. Um, but 
that I, I was a different person. Like when I would drink, that's what would come out of me. And he showed me this picture of this woman on a bathroom floor passed out. And he's like, you know, and I talked to him about, because he met me at a time when I wasn't like that anymore. And he's like, don't tell me this was ever you. And I was like, oh, in, in the falling in the bathroom, that was like once a month occurrence for me, for real. And he, the person that he knows now is just so far removed from who I used to be, from, you know, what I would tolerate back then, what I thought about my worth, what I thought I could and couldn't do. It's just literally the opposite person of who I am right now. And in order to change that, I had to do some deep, 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 multi-layered, multi-year straight up work. And when we have this attitude sometimes of healing our relationship with food, that's like, I don't know, and maybe, and kind of just do whatever you, like, it does not work like that. And I get so pissed when I see people into in intuitive eating support groups that are gaining weight that not that that's bad, but they feel like crap. That's like what I'm talking about here. They're gaining weight, you know, kind of as a result of not knowing how to eat, obviously. And, or maybe they have, maybe they're in a situation where it's better to gain weight. And if that's you, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about the people who literally feel uncomfortable in their bodies, who cannot move well, who feel like they cannot exercise or go to a gym or whatever it is. And I used to be that. And if somebody had told me, just do whatever you want, I would have stayed there forever. And because I chose to, yes, be disciplined with the way that I ate, despite the fact that I had an eating disorder, many eating disorders, despite the fact that I suffered through orthorexia six years ago, uh, despite all of that, Food is still, the food that we put into our body matters. And food is not moral. It's not good or bad. But when we look at the truth, like we should only be interested in the truth. And what's the truth? Some food makes you feel good and makes you, makes your body look good as a result, makes you feel great. And other food makes you feel like junk. And it is literally engineered to make you want to eat more of it. And like, it doesn't mean that it's a bad food. It just means that like, that's the nature of the food. Like, let's just look at it. So it's like, do I want my life to be controlled by this food and all this mental energy around moderation and thinking about like how many cookies I can have? No, because some of us are like that where we do not do well with sugar. And I am one of those people. So it's like, yeah, I have it sometimes, but it's not a big deal. And it's like, I know it's going to make me feel like junk. But the thing is that I think parameters need to be put sort of, I'm not saying around us as if we're monsters or something like that, but we do need to be cognizant and it takes effort and it takes attention, which is the opposite message of what is out there right now. So when you're trying to change, and I'm so fired up about this because I hear from so many of you that struggle with food. And I don't want you to struggle the way that I did. And if you are struggling right now, all of the shit that I've been through in my life, you know, this terrible mental um, illness, like depression, anxiety, like I said, eating disorders, terrible relationships, hell, basically hell when my life was good. Like I never had a bad, like on the outside, everything was quote unquote perfect, but I put myself through my own hell. And if, no, I lost my train of thought because I was getting fired up, but I do not want you 
to go through what I went through. And if you are going through that right now, it's for a reason. And it's to help you learn. It's to teach you lessons because we don't learn through easy stuff. We don't learn through things that aren't a struggle. When you struggle and you get through the other side, I know the reason that I need to help all of you and so many of you out there with your struggles with food. I know that that is, that that's the reason why I went through so much, why I've been through hell and back with eating and food and my body, because now I'm completely on the other side and I'm here to help you and I'm passionate about that. So I want you to not take your food, quote unquote, issue and hate it because it's a thing. It's like a living, breathing thing. So it's something that we need to nurture and look at and take care of. Picture it as if it's like something physical. It's not something you eradicate and just get rid of. It's not like surgery where you can just like literally literally remove it from your body. It's something that needs to be, imagine it being a knot and then we need to slowly unravel it and untangle it and look at it no matter like how ugly it is, no matter what is involved in that knot and in that struggle. It is there for a reason to help you grow. So if we can look at our relationship with food as a gateway into growth, even though it's uncomfortable. Again, so many of these things that I see out there are too easy. Too, it's, it's not easy to get over your food stuff. It is not easy to journal. It's not easy to do the practice called opposite action, which is what my good friend Kim Shaper talks about. She was on my podcast if you guys want to listen to that, but that's basically where you do the opposite of what you want to do. So let's say something bad happens. You want to eat something, even though you're not hungry, let's say it's like a chocolate cake or something. And you know, you're going to feel like crap. And literally instead of doing that, making yourself go on a walk and Ooh, that, that moment when you say to yourself, like, I'm not going to have the cake and you decide to go on the walk. That sucks. Like, especially at the beginning, even now, like I still get my little pings of like, Oh, it would just be so much easier to, you know, binge on all these chocolates. But like, no, like I, I, it's not even an option for me, even though my brain tells me that. Um, it is something where I, see, you know, it's it's part of me. I hear it, but like that's not even an option. I love myself too much at this point to engage in those behaviors, and that is what most of this stuff is about. So if you're going through that, try to see the best in it. Try to go straight into it, like drive there, everything that you're scared of, all of your past issues, all of that needs to be unraveled. And that's what it takes to sort of bring your relationship with food to light to really see what's happening. It really takes dedication and work and effort. So when people are looking for the magic pill and like, oh, but like, what's the one thing? Do you have one more tip? No. It's really about self-awareness and doing the hard thing. And so many times, and this is why I want to talk about Jason Phillips, because he has this sort of attitude that is like, he, he is a man who used to have anorexia. So he talks a lot about eating disorders too. And he talks about the fact that, first of all, who we surround ourselves with is really important. So if you have like people that are downers and haters around you, that matters. I have made a concerted effort this year to really only surround myself with people that are going to uplift me. Think about how you, how you feel with somebody after like you leave the interaction. Do you feel better or do you feel, I just got a, 
um, a signal on my phone uh, that my move goal was achieved. And that means that my heart rate was up <laughs> as I was talking. Um, but that's how passionate I am about all this stuff, you guys. Um, but he was saying that like we have to be very careful about who we surround ourselves with because the behaviors that I used to do when I, like in my old life, like the 1.0 version of myself, now I consider myself 2.0, like not like better, just different and um, just natural evolution or not natural. It was very concerted, but like, you know, just a different version of me. And that is okay. It doesn't mean I didn't like, well, back then I didn't like that person. Like I myself didn't. Now I can have love and compassion for that person. But he says that who we surround ourselves with is really important because you can also have people who engage with these, you know, behaviors with you who don't want to go move their bodies, who just want to engage in negative self-talk and complaining and all of the, and I just can't take it anymore. And people who are just haters and talk crap about anything and everyone and gossip and all of this stuff, like it just feels icky to me talking about it now. And I've just been trying to not do that and not uh, engage with those types of people. Another thing that he was talking about what is what is called a frame. So Many of us can sort of, if we look at ourselves and our lives and what is possible for us, we put limits on it. Like, oh no, I'll never get over my food struggle. I'll never get over uh, these struggles that I have with my body. I'll never be able to eat in a way that is beneficial for me because it's what's best for my body and what's best for my brain and my life and my purpose so I can live with energy and feel good. Um, we don't think that's possible for us. And that is a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you have this story in your head of like, you can't do it, you're not good enough. Like, who is that voice? That voice is not you. Identify who that voice is. Look at those beliefs straight in the face and do it with a friend. Hire a therapist if you need to. Hire somebody or like with your loved one, if you can like, if they can help you sort of like just bring that stuff to light. If you're in eating disorder territory, obviously definitely go see somebody who is qualified to do that and within their scope of practice. There's many people out there who think they can help people in the midst of an eating disorder. And that's really only like, you know, licensed medical professionals and mental health counselors. So, which I am not, but uh, once you sort of have those thoughts or disordered eating tendencies, that's something I can help you with. But I wanted to let you know that the frame that we look through, we can expand and it can be really big and it can be way better than what we imagined. So right now I want you to look at the frame that you have for your body, your business, your life, the way that you feel, the people you surround yourself with, the city you live in, all of these things that take over our lives. And I want you to expand it. And I want you to picture in your head just like the frame that you have of what is possible for you. Literally picture it exploding and shattering because it's not true. So I want you to look at all the stories that you're telling yourself. I want you to look at everything. I want you to become aware. I want you to journal. I want you to put effort towards this journey because it takes consistency over and over and over. And it's not going to happen in 30 days or any of these things, it's going to happen over many, many months and sometimes a couple years. And that is okay because it's going to be worth it. So that's my little spiel when it comes to nutrition. And when we have an issue with food, it is not a food problem. 
it is easier to blame the food and to blame something external than to really look at us and see what's happening. Now, if you're eating hyperpalatable foods, then, you know, things like, you know, processed foods and sugars and cakes and cookies and chips and all that, and you can't stop eating. Well, that's just like the nature of those foods. So don't blame yourself for not being able to stop eating hyperpalatable foods because like I can't stop eating them. I have to make like a concerted effort of like, okay, that's it. Like I'm going to take a couple bites and it's done, but I'm always going to want to. And most of us give into that. So like that's a different sort of subject, but we have more of a head and a heart problem when it comes to food. And by really looking at the things that we're avoiding having more fun in our lives. Sometimes we use food as like the space filler for love. And, you know, it's easier to just sit at home and eat than it is to like maybe go look for a relationship or to go find a new group of friends or find a new life of things that you like to do. And this is really heavy and that's okay because that's what it takes. And I just want to tell you the truth about it because I'm tired of people lying about it that it's like, just something that happens one day. No, it's from your effort. It's from discipline and it's from hard work that you put in over a long period of time that you're consistent with. So I hope that made sense. Um, Message me if you have any other questions about that. I wanted to get into the questions now. And the first one is, intuitive eating when you have a protocol. So let's say you have an autoimmune issue, you have IBS, you have some digestion stuff happening. How can you still eat intuitively? And again, this can seem sort of like counterintuitive, like, okay, it's not really intuitive eating, you know, in the sense of like eating everything, which is the premise of intuitive eating. It's not really intuitive eating if I have to restrict myself. But the thing is, these sort of restrictions, when you have a health issue, when you are eating certain foods and they just don't work in your body, and I've been there, it sucks. It doesn't feel good to be bloated or any of those things. It is not kind to yourself to eat foods that make you feel like shit. It, it, it just isn't. And I used to think that kindness around food and alcohol was like giving myself a night of debauchery and eating all the cheese and all the wine and then, you know, thinking like, oh, I can just relax. Sort of like that feeling of like loosening the belt, like night of partying, night of the, and and like, it's fun in the moment, but that is not kindness to yourself. That is not self-love. Real self-love And I'm not saying that this is going to be easy, but real self-love really involves eating things that are going to be beneficial for you at a certain moment. So a couple tools that you can do here. One, keep in mind it's temporary. Like this is not going to be forever. So that's like the thing to keep in mind at all times. Second thing, allow this, you're going to be like, you're nuts when I say this, mentally allow all foods. So you know, just say to yourself, everything is allowed. Like I can literally eat anything I want at any time. An adult, I'm an adult. I can get to a store at any time. I can get stuff delivered at any moment. I can get whatever I want at any time. But at this moment in time, I'm choosing to love myself by being kind to my body and allowing my body to heal because certain foods do aggravate the digestive system. And I was there for five years, not saying that that's going to be your case, 
but I just started feeling really good. And that's why I sort of carried o- carried it over for a long time. And now I've been able to add more foods back in. But during that time, it would not be intuitive. If you're really listening to your body, let's say, and let's say gluten or dairy just make you feel like junk. They make you feel bloated. They make you feel tired. And, you know, a doctor has told you that for this period of time, you should not be eating those foods. It would not be intuitive, quote unquote, intuitive coming from the sense of like, this is what my body wants. It would not be intuitive to eat the foods that are being problematic to you. And that is sort of the bottom line. Again, keeping in mind that it's temporary, keeping in mind that all foods are allowed, but it would not be intuitive or kind or beneficial at this point to eat those foods. But focus on the foods that you can have, make beautiful food, have lots of vegetables and different types of stuff within your parameters, get creative. There's so many accounts. If you go on Whole30 recipes, like you can find a ton of different people that do different things and just look at it as a period of loving yourself. And one day you will be able to eat the foods that you have taken out for a time period and that is okay. And honestly, a lot of the strength that I've gotten is from doing elimination diets and having to sort of be strong in my convictions at restaurants or at people's houses and saying like, I can't have that and having that be okay. Like when I first started dating Derek several years ago, we would go to dinner with his family and stuff. And I was like the one that couldn't eat anything. And it really like, it was a way bigger deal in my head than it actually was. But it, it was always okay, but it made me stronger in the process and just my voice. So remember that truly intuitive eating is eating the things that the body calls out for, not that the mind wants. So I hope that helps. Keep that in mind. If you want any more, um, you know, more any more uh, tips, just let me know. Another thing is binging. This is another question that I get, like, how do I stop the binging? So we have to look at binging as sort of like its own separate thing, just like the relationship with food. We have to look at it as like this own separate entity of like, what is it saying? What is this trying to tell me? It could be a couple things. If you are undernourished, if you are not eating a certain macronutrient, like if you're not eating, eating carbohydrates, if you, which, uh, is very easy to binge if you're on a low carb diet. That's like kind of what the body does sometimes is it's just a natural reaction. So knowing that binging is just a natural reaction of the body calling out for food, check your calories, check, like make sure that you're eating enough, make sure that you are nourishing yourself in a proper way, eating protein, fat, and carbohydrates. Make sure you're eating kind of a lot we need to eat kind of a lot of food, especially if you're eating real food. Make sure your meals are balanced and make sure you're fed. And if you are fed and you're still binging, then you need to sort of look at the mental restrictions that you're having on food. It sort of has to do with the intuitive eating that I was just talking about. But what are the things that you are telling yourself? How restricted are you in your eating? So when you look at a scale, let's say like a scale where black is on one side, white is on the other. When we binge, we have a tendency to have black and white thinking. So if we go right in the middle in the gray, like let's say black is like eating everything in the world, binging, white is like restricting. So we're toggling between those two extremes instead of living somewhere in the middle. My friend Jessica Orr talks about this. 
where we mainly eat foods that, you know, feel good to our bodies, that are beneficial and nourishing for us. Um, obviously, other foods that maybe not, not maybe might not be <laughs> good for our bodies might nourish our minds or our souls. That's okay too sometimes. But what is a way that you could mostly eat things that make you feel good and then have something sometimes so that sort of like takes off the edge of like feeling that tightly wound feeling because like let's say you want a peanut butter cup or something that peanut butter cup is really only like it's not that much in a whole day of eating and sometimes we eat that and we're like fuck it let me just eat everything but like that doesn't really make sense and you know if we look at it from like aerial view perspective um if you're restricting yourself, it does make sense. So what are some ways that you can eat in the middle? What are some of your non-negotiables? What are the things that you love? And more importantly, I think we should all get to a place where a binging behavior, overeating to the point where you're so uncomfortable is not an appealing behavior. That's where I think the ultimate goal is, where it's like you're not really forcing or trying it's like, it just doesn't call to you anymore. And I remember me going on binges and I would plan them and it would be like the best part of my day. And it makes me emotional thinking about that because my life wasn't in a good place. And like literally the entire day would just be like revolving around the food that I would eat instead of engaging with life. So sometimes if we're like, in that space where we're struggling with food, we miss out on our lives right in front of us, things that are happening because we might not have the energy or we might just feel like crap or something. And that is, uh, that is okay. Uh, if you are feeling that way, but know that it can get better. And I'm going to be doing, um, some more a little bit later this year, I'm going to be doing some freebies for you guys that you can download completely for free that have to do with this, but I hope that answered your question. Another question is about tracking. Should you track? Now, I think that if you have a goal or something, I think that if you're coming from the right intention, if it's just like, let me just see what's working. Let me just see what's happening with my body right now. Let me see where I am. I think tracking is fine. If you're coming from a loving intention, if you're using it to obsess, then it's not awesome to do that. And you just have to really be honest with yourself about what's beneficial. But let's say that you want to lose weight or something or lose fat, uh, then tracking might be beneficial for you. There are some people that just don't want to do it, that it's too obsessive and you don't have to. If you focus on real foods, then you don't necessarily have to track as much because it's very hard to overeat like cauliflower and chicken. Like I never want to overeat chicken ever. It's easier to overeat things like that are hyper palatable. So if you're doing that, I would just sort of keep an eye on your fats because it's easy to put like a ton of butter or a ton of olive oil or nut butters. Not to say that these foods are bad, but calories do matter. So it's important to just sort of be cognizant of the amount that you are taking in. So I think it can be a great idea for those that feel healthy around it. It can be a great tool. You don't have to do it forever, but it comes from you. Like, is this something that I want to do for a short period of time? I think it can be a great source of data for yourself. So be honest with yourself and track if you want to. 
The next thing I want to talk about is I get a lot of questions about how to calculate your caloric maintenance. And there's so many calculators on the internet, but I think the best way to do it is to track where you are right now. So again, if you're healthy, if you feel good, see where you are right now. If you don't want to track, just like write the food down. Like you don't have to track the amounts or calories, but write the food down that you're eating. Um, And maybe some quantities, just like general quantities. And then maybe put on a pair of pants if you don't want to weigh yourself, or you can weigh yourself. And I think that is okay to weigh yourself if you want to. I think it's fine if you feel healthy around it. It doesn't have to be this like smashing the scale thing. You know, it doesn't have to be that intense. Uh, Maybe you have a hatred for the scale. That's okay too. But for those that ask about caloric maintenance, um, maybe for one week, track what you're eating and then weigh yourself and then see if your weight differs throughout the week. And you can get the amount of calories that you are eating. And now you know the amount of calories that you're eating. And then you can see what happens with your weight and then you can adjust your accordingly. And I think that that's the best way to do it. It's obviously better to work with a coach. So if you would like that, reach out to me and we can work together and The next thing that I wanted to talk about is metabolism. So the metabolism is something that basically regulates the rate at which your body burns food. And I used to tell myself like, oh, you just have a slow metabolism. Like it used to be really, really hard for me to basically if I would like overeat a little bit, I would gain weight. If I would eat something that was like hyper palatable, I would gain weight and I would feel like crap. But over these last eight months that I've really been dedicated in my strength training, I have put on a ton of muscle and I'm able to eat so much more. I'm astounded at the amount of food that I can eat. Uh, It's pretty fun uh, to, you know, not have to be so, uh, I don't want to say like I haven't been obsessive in the past few years, but just like not have to be as, you know, just to have a little bit of wiggle room. So as you put muscle on your body, your metabolism is going to rev up. And I always heard people say that, but it wasn't until now that I have spent a significant amount of time doing that, that my body looks different, it feels different, that it can just burn a lot more food because of the amount of muscle that I have. And That is something that happens with consistent strength training. So if you are somebody out there that says, oh, I just have a slow metabolism or I burn, you know, really slowly or I just can't eat that much, like it's not really true. It just really depends on the amount of muscle that you have on your body. And obviously these are things that can change with hormones or thyroid or age or what your, you know, your cycle, what you're going through. But if that is something that you are curious about. Um, That's something I'm going to be talking about more, but I just wanted to tell you and let you know that it is something that can be changed, something that you can feel a lot better about, like physically, um, where foods don't impact you as much. That's how I'm feeling right now. And I'm convinced that it's because of the muscle, not only for its metabolic uh, characteristics, but also the fact that like I can eat stuff and not be like bombarded by it the next day. So that was a lot for this episode, a lot of mindset talk, a lot of stuff about food. Let me know if you guys enjoyed this episode. In the next few months, we're going to be doing a sort of makeover to the show with a new cover, a new song, and 
yeah, I would love your feedback about the show. And I would love if you could subscribe or tell a friend about it, especially on iTunes. If you could leave a rating and review, it's super easy to do it. Even if you're subscribed, all you have to do is put search heart food podcast, even if you're subscribed, and then you can do a rating there and you can give a review as well. I would love it and be so appreciative uh, of it. If you did, it would be a huge favor to me, but yeah, give me your feedback. Let me know if you enjoyed the episode and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to heart food podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.